Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is becoming a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We are seeing outbreaks of cases in parts of the country that have low vaccination coverage because unvaccinated people are at risk. So many things that I uh, didn't see coming around this whole COVID thing. And the people deciding whether or not they're going to wear masks for political reasons. People deciding whether or not they're going to get vaccinated for political reasons. I didn't see that coming, really. And then, uh, you know, we all thought when they invented the vac- vaccines so fast and they started originally the, all the complaints were, you know, how are they going to get them out? They're not getting them out fast enough. What a failure to get them. Now we got we got vaccines all over the place. We just got a, you know, giant chunk of the country that has no interest in getting vaccinated. I didn't mm-hmm. see that coming either. A pandemic of the unvaccinated. Almost all of the deaths and hospital- hospitalizations very close to 100%, like 99.5% of deaths and hospitalizations are non-vaccinated people, people that have chosen not to get vaccinated. I was trying to remember, why was it the Wall Street Journal said we don't really have to worry about the the Delta variant? Um, If you're vaccinated, you don't have to worry about it. Oh, okay. All right. Now, if you're unvaccinated, you have to worry about it. And actually, let's skip ahead to Scott Gottlieb, who talks about that a little bit. Well, look, when you look at the people who've been hospitalized, 97% of the hospitalizations are in people who are unvaccinated. Most of the deaths that are occurring right now are in people who are unvaccinated. The bottom line is that many people are no longer susceptible to COVID. Um, More than 50%, about 50% of the population has been fully vaccinated. Probably another third of the American population has been previously infected with this virus. So many people aren't susceptible to the virus. But if 25% of the population remains susceptible to the virus, in absolute terms, that's still a lot of people. And this virus is so contagious, this variant is so contagious that it's going to infect the majority of them. Most people will either get vaccinated or have been previously infected or they will get this Delta variant. And for most people who get this Delta variant, it's going to be the most serious virus that they get in their lifetime in terms of the risk of putting them in the hospital. I thought that was an interesting thing he said. You're either going to get vaccinated or you're going to get the Delta variant Mm -hmm. because it's so easily spread. So that's the decision you're making. And if you get it, it'll be the worst thing you've probably ever had for most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot has gone into making people as suspicious and cynical as they are, really, on both sides. Uh, Why don't we talk about that at least a little bit? I like this from Molly Hemingway because they played, I think it was on Howard Kurtz's show, Media Buzz, that she was on over the weekend uh, on Fox News, but... They were talking about how uh, the mainstream media is reporting that the uh, the vaccine hesitant are almost always uh, conservative Republican Trump voter rural types and the rest of it, and which is not even half the truth. Clip 22. This is one of the examples that you see. People make it out like it's Republicans who don't want to take the vaccine. In fact, 61% of the people who are hesitant about vaccines are not Republican. And the more the media make it out as if it's something that's partisan, that is also going to contribute to the problems. The more that they fail to remind people that it was President Biden and Vice President Harris when they Mm. were running for office who said that they didn't have trust in the the vaccine, that also makes people not trust what the media are saying. So I think we need to be very careful and not have forgetfulness about what was happening during the campaign when vaccine messaging was very different yeah how conveniently we've forgotten that there was so much of a media narrative of i'm not getting that vaccine vaccine that trump created remember we had this conversation we'd have these uh conversations with sean uh, uh about this 
when that was happening, look, these companies aren't going to put out a vaccine that doesn't work or hurts people. It would be too damaging to their reputation. Trump's not going to strong arm them into putting to approving something that isn't any good. Do you, does everybody, did everybody forget those conversations? Well, even Andrew Cuomo himself, who killed all those old people, he was making noises about, it. I don't think I can trust a Trump vaccine. All right. I'm going to have my own independent New York commission yep. to check this vaccine. All right, so you got lots and lots of people on the left side of the aisle, particularly black folks, who don't want to take the damn thing. And then you've got the the crew, the uh, the aforementioned conservative Trump-leaning uh, whomever, uh, who have been systematically lied to by the media. Lied to and condescended to and insulted by the media. You have them being ill-served by the permanent bureaucracy in Washington, D.C. that they saw as undermining their guy. And and you had the doubt sowing and, and the rest of it. Plus, Big Pharma. There is no more morally bankrupt industry in, in the U.S. other than maybe, I don't know, uh, uh, sex slavery. Um, there's no more morally bankrupt uh, group in the country than Big Pharma. So you have the messaging coming from these bodies, and people are saying, I can't believe them, I'm afraid of the vaccine. Now, I get that, I sympathize with that. I've made my own serious independent look. I felt perfectly comfortable taking the vaccine, and I think you should too, but it's up to you. So, yeah, Kamala Harris was one of the loudest voices out there on the whole hesitation around the vaccine. Trump and the vaccine. No, I'm not taking that. God dang it. I can't. <sighs> so the Sturgeon General was on uh, that same show. Actually, he was on Fox News Sunday, came to think of it. Uh, play us clip 23, Alex, would you? Uh, I'll be happy to talk and work with uh, any stakeholder out there, whether it's a technology company uh, or a community organization. But at the end of the day, my concern, again, is as a doctor who sees people being misled and taken advantage of uh, by health misinformation all across this country, I think that's wrong. I think it's hurting people, and I think it's got to stop. And then he says the tech companies have a serious responsibility to reduce information, blah, blah, blah. He went on for some time. And then I thought it was an excellent point that it escaped me, but on uh, Fox News Sunday's panel, somebody pointed out he didn't say what misinformation he didn't uh, uh, state why it was incorrect or why you should get vaccinated or whatever. He just he had this enormous opportunity, this megaphone of a national show, and he he didn't address any of the concerns. Which, come to think of, it's pretty odd. I mean, if there's like really bad stuff going on, going around about us, for instance, I don't know what it would be in my life, but somebody's really bad mouthing us and claiming that we 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 beat our staff and we we sell coke to school children and the rest of it. I'm not going to get on some show and say, you know, there's a lot of misinformation about the Armstrong and Getty show. A lot of things are being said that aren't true. And I think tech companies should play a bigger role and and then just letting it go. I'm going to say, we don't sell drugs to children. We would never do that. That's crazy. We don't beat our staff. They're bigger than us. But he just kind of engaged in his rhetorical arguments and went away. While we're on that topic, here's what Joe Biden said on Friday about Facebook that got Ah, so much attention. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, they really... Look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And they're they're killing people. Facebook is killing people, to which Facebook reacted quickly. Uh, What? (laughs) We're what now? Look here, you crazy old coot. No, we're not. Well, and I hate Facebook, and I hate Mark Zuckerberg, but... That wasn't exactly a well-crafted indictment. They're killing people. Uh, 
It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Uh, they're killing people. Yeah, and that gets us back to the whole, is the government pushing, putting pressure on Facebook about what they can and cannot say? And if they are, well, then are we getting into a First Amendment problem here? We absolutely are, I think. I thought what the old uh, Jen Psaki was saying from the podium last week was absolutely shocking, that we're flagging posts for Facebook for them to remove. And, you know, the, the people who would who would be comfortable with this sort of unholy relationship between industry and and uh, and the government are saying, well, they're just suggesting, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the giant, all-powerful federal government, which has regulatory power over these social media giants, when they say you ought to do this, they do it because they're not looking for a headache. We've worked for big companies. We've gotten the memos that say, hey, there's a hearing next week where something fundamental to our fate is going to be discussed in the Senate. So do us a favor and don't do anything stupid. These companies are well aware of their relationship with the government. Back to the actual disease itself briefly. So every state was up last week in hospitalizations and cases for the first time since, I think, January. Every state was up. But um, 40%... Of the cases come from just four states. 40% of the cases come from just four states, and that is uh, the least vaccinated states. And practically all of hospitalizations and deaths are unvaccinated people. So you can avoid it pretty easily by being vaccinated. Well, yeah, and I think those states were also huge states. They're really populous, so it just, it's not that shocking. Because I thought, wasn't, weren't California and Florida among them? Uh, Florida certainly is. I don't know about California. Uh, the biggest county in America is L.A. County. The most populous county in America is L.A. County, and they're doing the indoor mask thing, which gets me to the the, the, the Surgeon General. One thing he th- said that was confusing to me is at one point in the interview, he said, if you're vaccinated, you're pretty much safe against the, co- the, the Delta variant. And then later he said, even if you're vaccinated, you should double mask indoors. Even if you're vaccinated, double mask. I'm probably not going to do that. You know, in a weird way, as a person who's been interested in government and policy and liberty and the rest of it, I'm kind of glad I saw this. I mean, I'm I'm not happy about what I've seen. I'm not thrilled with the performance of my beloved country, nor my people, blah, blah, blah. But at least I got to see it because it's been a hell of a deal. Gottlieb, Dr. Gottlieb, from the, uh, formerly from the F- FDA, did say that if, you, if you're unvaccinated, and you want to avoid the Delta variant, the flimsy, crappy masks won't work on this one like they did on the last one. You probably should wear the N95 masks because this mm. one is so much more easily spread. I'm starting to worry about my kids getting it, though they don't get really sick or anything like that. But I'd rather they didn't get it. Right. Although, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I do totally it. hear you. I'm yeah. probably not going to get them vaccinated. I don't know. You know, which, which brings me to a point I wanted to make. I just saw a study that said the outcomes for children are not more deadly than the other variants, blah, 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 and they're much less dangerous than the flu, et cetera, et cetera. It is amazing how much news is floating around about this that is either preliminary studies or unverified or a study of 11 people in Finland or whatever, and and just everybody's, everybody knows there's a fever for information about this thing. So there's so much half-baked information flying around, it's so hard to know what's true. 
I mean, even more than the usual crappy, you know, agenda-driven news these days, I think it's partly clickbait, partly fear, partly just being in a hurry. It is extremely difficult to get information oh, yeah. that's reliable, unless you spend all day, every day digging into it. I'm obviously not too worried, and neither are most people. I was at an indoor trampoline park, one of those places yesterday, and it was packed, jammed full of kids and adults, and there wasn't a mask to be seen. Mm. So uh, people weren't too worried. I would guess practically all the adults in there were probably vaccinated. Be my guess. I don't know that. But anyway, that's where we are on the whole COVID thing. Jeff Bezos is blasting into space tomorrow. Yes. And he, leave him there. Stay there. He just did an interview with CBS, and when he talks about it a little bit, um, said a couple interesting things I want to comment on. I don't know about this whole billionaire space race thing we got going on between him, uh, the virgin guy, uh, the, the long hair. What's his name? Richard Branson. And, yeah. uh, and Elon Musk. But uh, that and other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it started out... This is more than just a hobby for you and a family. Oh, yeah. No, th- this... <laughs> yes. No. It's, it's very... I, I'm doing this because it's important. If we're going to continue to have a dynamic civilization where our grandchildren have better lives than we do, then we need to be sure we're using the resources of space to save this planet. I thought that was interesting, Jeff Bezos laughing at the idea. Like, no, no, this isn't just a hobby. I think this is important for uh, human civilization. And I, I, I wish I knew more about what he's talking about there, how we need to harness space for the future. Well, I'm guessing he may be one of those guys who thinks we're going to have to colonize other planets or get resources from them or something. Does like, he believe we're ruining this planet with global warming and we're going to have probably. to live somewhere else? Okay, Yeah, I think so. Probably um, so. All, he said also in that same interview with Nora O'Donnell on uh, CBS, and he's blasting into space tomorrow, by the way. He said, I don't know how it's going to change me, but I know it's going to, and I'm excited to find out how. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of his, but I do agree with him in in one regard, and that's that societies, cultures, are either expanding, innovating, growing, in, in they're exploring, or they're shrinking and getting more uh, self-obsessed and weaker. Uh, there's no stasis. You're either exploring and growing, or you're shrinking. And I'm in favor of I'm in favor of exploring and growing, being innovative, being bold, taking chances, not becoming a fat, lazy welfare state. In Britney Spears news, <clears throat> which is happening a lot lately, these headphones are shortened out or something. I know. I thought you said in Britney Spears news. So you remember when she melted down back in 2008 and smashed the window out of the car with her bald head and all that sort of stuff? That's when she got her money and kids and everything taken away from her. She had a a breakdown of some sort. Whenever that happened, Mel Gibson reportedly showed up at her door to tell her Christianity would save her and turn her back to God. Yeah. You get a knock at the door, you go into the door, and there's Mel Gibson standing there. There's Braveheart right there, Bible in hand. Spears' former best friend, Sean Phillip, lifted the lid on the trauma Spears experienced in late 2007, leading up to her public breakdown which got her into the controversial conservatorship that's making the news now. 
Spears' former trainer and friend said that Spears infamously shaved her head and lashed out photographers. A host of random people reached out to, to the pop star to offer support when she was clearly losing it. I remember Mel Gibson was one of them, telling her that Christianity would save her and to turn back to God. It was all a little surreal. Phillips says in the months leading up to the breakdown, Spears was physically and mentally exhausted and was propped up by her team with drugs, once collapsing on stage, and they pumped her full of drugs and got her back out there. Wow. Wow. I remember at the time, one of our listeners who was involved in social services said, yeah, she shaved her head because they would take hair samples to see if she'd been doing drugs. And and people will do that. Uh-huh. Because it, it lasts longer than, you know, whatever while other her, test. While her team was giving her drugs right. to p- pump her up so she'd have the energy to continue to, to do her shows. But she didn't want to lose her kids. So you want to be a child star. Oh, do oh. you? Wow. Yeah. No. But you know, you, you, everything you know, what was it? Uh, Matt Gates, representative from Florida last week, said Brittany Steer's father is a Richard, not a good guy. <laughs> All you need to know, you know, I don't even know need to know the details about her dad's involvement in the conservatorship. All I need to know is this. No good dad would let their daughter be jailbait sex pot at age 17 to make money. No. No good dad would allow that to even happen. No, he's morally bankrupt. That's yeah. That's been clear for ages. You turn yeah. 18, I can't stop you, but you're 17 years old. No, we are not. You're not dressing up like that, and that's not what we're doing. Yeah, this takes a certain kind of guy, no doubt. Yeah, certain kind of guy becomes a woman weightlifter too, and some of the other women weightlifters in the Olympics are speaking out. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Denmark's flagship broadcaster has just introduced a new children's show called John Dillermond that's essentially an animation about a man with a huge and uncontrollable penis. This man has a penis so massive and flexible it can save children from danger, fetch objects from a river, and even operate as a pogo stick. What? That is true. I got this story months ago. Danish TV has a children's show featuring a guy with an enormous schwanz. Danish culture somewhat different than ours, evidently. Uh, and, you know, I just I, I held on to the story for a while, and it just seemed gratuitous. Right, and, yeah, that, that, that does seem gratuitous, but that woman was using uh, her serious voice as she explained it. Well, it seriously exists. It's a popular kids' TV show. Well, John Oliver got hold of it and was uh, discussing it. John I mean, musically, that's excellent. But what you might be missing there is just how good the lyrics are. It's been translated as, Hello, I am John Johnson. He has the world's longest Johnson. There's almost nothing he can't do with it. He can swing it around. He can get a bit embarrassed. He could save the whole world if only he had the chance. Wow. Is it time to annex Denmark or bomb it or something? Mm. <laughs> that is perverse. Something is rotten in Denmark. Mm. Their culture. Amen. Amen to that. 
So uh, the uh, the weightlifting uh, transgender gal from New Zealand is uh, going to participate in the upcoming Olympic Games in Tokyo. It's going to get a lot of attention. Tracy Lambrex is a name you don't know, and you probably never will, partly because this Laurel Hubbard, male-to-female transgender athlete, has beaten her and knocked her out of the top weightlifting gal in New Zealand seat. Lambrex competed against Hubbard and lost several weightlifting records to Hubbard. Okay, see, that's funny. God, we're always talking about the state of journalism. I've read a couple of stories that talked about this woman, and none of them did the the the, the, the journalists take the time to, well, what's the most she's ever lifted? Now tell me what's the most these other top competitors have ever lifted. Is she likely to win? I didn't have any idea, because she's 47, right? She's, she's pretty old, and I, I got to assume yeah. most of the weightlifters are in their 20s or early 30s, and I thought, well, maybe the strongest 28-year-old woman can outlift a 47-year-old weightlifting dude, but nobody took no, the no. like few minutes to look into it when they wrote the stories. But So you came across the story, they actually she's actually beaten women. Like, oh. destroyed the records. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's she's taken all the records. This woman, Ms. Lambrex, um, realized she would never win again in New Zealand in the length of time you can compete in weightlifting. And so she was forced to drop almost 40 pounds to qualify for a lower weight class so she could continue to compete. And That, that is so ridiculous that the world is going this direction. It, and under the guise is. of being fair. It's idiotic, and I think anybody with any sense recognizes it, but they're afraid of being shouted down and called haters or transphobic or whatever, um, which, uh, speaking for myself, I am not in the least. But this this gal who used to be a weightlifting guy is just devastating the women, especially in New Zealand. Uh, she mentioned that um, losing all that weight was terrible for her. She added that being beaten out of competition by biological males, quote, psychologically speaking, it's very upsetting and stressful. She, as a member of the New Zealand national team, was told to stay quiet and refrain from trans uh, from criticizing trans athletes, um, including in women's sports, or risk getting booted from the national team. Quote, we were told not to talk to the media, and we were warned that if we did, we would bring the sport into disrepute and then could miss out on being selected or be dropped from national teams. The sports national body did not know how to handle the situation, so they had a knee-jerk reaction, thought silence was the best idea. Now, Ms. Hubbard, age 43, qualified for the Olympics as the oldest female weightlifter currently expected to compete. That's interesting. How do you attribute your longevity in women's weightlifting? Perhaps to the fact that you're a man or were a man for most of your life? Oh, let's see. The, uh, in 2015, the International Olympic Committee announced it would allow biological males to participate in women's competitions as long as the athlete's testosterone measured below 10 nanomoles per liter for at least a year prior to competing. One of the consequences of that rule has been to block female competitors with naturally high testosterone levels from competing. Wow. And they mentioned two female, since the day they were born, track athletes have been banned from competing because their natural testosterone levels were too high but the dude is allowed in the transgender woman who was a male weightlifter and uh, the british military did a bunch of studies if you're not familiar with this if you are a male particularly a bulky male strong thick boned like a powerlifter would would be because 
and here's a little tip as you get older, mix weights into your fitness regimen as you get older because it increases your bone density and strength, which is really important, especially for women. Anyway, uh, but a guy who's been doing that his whole life is going to have incredible bone density, size, strength, the rest of it, not to mention muscle mass. And you can take hormones for years and years and years and still retain that advantage. And the insane part is everybody knows that. They're just afraid to say it. And so they banned women who are were just natural women because they had too much testosterone? Is that what yeah. they had? Mm-hmm. So I got to believe that most of the best female athletes in world history have had way more testosterone than the other. It's just yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, guys who are better athletes than me have more testosterone and more fast-twitch muscle fiber and other things. They just naturally do. So you're faster and stronger than I am. Okay, fine. I get it. You know, it's an advantage you have. Yeah, um, you have to accept that. Not everybody can can compete in every sport. Not everybody can win. But so now you're going to ban people who naturally have those God-given advantages. Mm-hmm. From uh, women's sports. But not the person who uh, was born a man and is now a woman. Yeah. In other words, I could benefit from 30 years of higher testosterone structurally, you know, in terms of my physique. But as long as I lower it uh, and then I bring my big hulking body into compete against the gals, I'm fine. I it's guess absurd. I'm just I'm trying to think this through. So I guess the argument on the other side by the trans community would be, well, she was born a woman. She is a woman. Uh, and, you know, that's as natural as anything. Although, allowing her and banning the others seems pretty weird. No, it's uh, no. And, and I get what you're going for, but um, in terms of size, strength, etc., no, a male body is a male body, no matter how you identify. What's in your soul, I respect 100%. You have no argument from me. But your physique is a matter of science, and when it comes to competition, there will be no women's sports anymore. If if this goes on, well, so do we have any belief that there are any are there any examples around the world of guys pretending that they're a woman and then dominating sports? Has that happened yet that we're aware of? Like those I don't, those high school dudes that you know, one of the most famous cases in America, those high school dudes in Connecticut or wherever that was, yeah. they shattered all the girls' records, won all the awards. They weren't faking it, as far as I know. They. They're, yeah, well, if they're they committed were, to the idea. And and I get that that would be an open and shut case and that would be pretty handy, but it's uh, this this is not that open and shut case. Well, it is for me, but uh, yeah, even if you sincerely identify as a woman, but you have been given a male physique, you don't get to compete against women, biological women. You just don't. Text line, any comments? 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. And I, let me just say one more thing on the topic. I was not allowed to compete against Major League Baseball players because I wasn't good enough. So the idea that there's some sacred human right to play the sport of your choice at the elite level is crazy. And Well, anyway, I've made the point. It's just Never discriminate against anybody, their their human rights, their American rights, the Bill of Rights, the rest of it, no matter who they are, who they sleep with, what they identify as, no exceptions. But you can't compete against women. I mentioned earlier somebody uh, graffitied my house and tried to break into my neighbor's house. Uh, the rental I'm in, I'm going to get Simply Safe for it. I'll have to talk to the landlord, you know, or I had it at my uh, other home that I own, but 
this rental. I'm getting Simply Safe for it. Uh, it's funny. As soon as I texted out, tweeted out that this had happened, they said, You don't have Simply Safe? No, not at my rental. I don't. And I will. It's pretty easy to do. You go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You click, you click around and you, um, you customize the system to fit your house. Then when it comes to you, you'll set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. Super easy to set up. Now you're protected. You got the medical, you got the police. So burglary, whatever, even help with setting up the system, you've got plenty of help. And you're not going to have some guy come over and charge you $300 to drill a bunch of holes in your house. That's not the way Simply Safe works. It's a great system, award-winning. It works. Great people to protect you from fire, burglary, medical emergencies. Just visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You get a free security camera. Customize your system. 60-day risk-free trial. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong for that free camera. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So do you... um suspect that this female weightlifter story is going to get a tremendous amount of coverage on NBC, or are they going to try to uh, downplay it? Because women's weightlifting doesn't usually get much coverage. Right. Are they going to try to play it up or play it down? I think they'll play it up. Uh, I'm just wondering whether they will. And a couple of times lately I've been surprised by the mainstream media. They've they've done their jobs. Uh, I, I think they probably will go ahead and say, this is not without controversy. If you're into, if you believe everybody's things being driven by clicks, I do. I could see this being on in prime time, whatever day it uh, it happens. I and think this, that would be genius programming and be the featured story. Yeah. yeah, I'd certainly tune in. You tell me the the former dude now a woman is about to lift for the finals of the weightlifting. Let's see if she ends up winning the gold medal. I'm I'm in. I'm there. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. And there's this silly argument that, well, you know, there's not that many of them, and and not every transgender woman can beat all the other gals. And no, no, that that doesn't take. Uh, I'm not required to prove that to make my case. That's a, a artificial standard and a silly one. Yeah, there could just because there's some hapless former dude who can't lift his arms over his head decides to call himself a weightlifter. <laughs> Is not proof that that, that yeah. big old, you know, if I declare former my, fella could, should. If, if I declare myself a female weightlifter, it's not going to have any impact on things, but it's still odd. Right. Um, uh, got another uh, person around the world won a presidential election over the weekend. Widely hear who, if you weren't following it. Joe Rogan, the most popular pop- podcast in America, still getting a lot of pressure from his own folks about cancel culture because of the, some of the guests he has on the show. I want to talk about that a little bit just because that has an effect on us, among other things on the way. And again, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Strong and Getty Show. Okay, parents for some reason had no idea or no interest that there's no food in any of this. And, and it was great until the cookie crisp people came along and blew the lid off of the whole wreck. So we somebody pushes a good thing just a little too far. Cookie crisp. If you don't know what this is, this is a cereal. It's not like cookies. It is cookies. This is your breakfast. 
a bowl of chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> this cereal should have been called the hell with everything. <laughs> Ice cream for lunch, cake for dinner, bacon and cigarettes in between. That's, that's a cookie crisp total health plan. <laughs> they got away with feeding children sugar for breakfast, and Cookie Crisp ruined it by taking it too far. Right, they said to hell with it. We're just going to call ourselves cookies. They're not going to stop it. It's like you were saying before, you allow broken windows and vandalism and that sort of thing. People test the limits. Yep, you should call it to hell with everything. (laughs) Oh, That's Jerry Seinfeld, man. And if you didn't know that, then I don't know what planet you've been on. Um, Syrian President Bashar Assad won a fourth term. It was sworn oh, wow. in yesterday. He continues so popular. To be... I really only bring this up for two reasons. One, dictators, for some reason, feel there's a benefit to pretending they were elected and uh, going through the whole charade. And two, uh, crime pace. He's one of the most evil people on the entire planet, and uh, he is still in charge. Man, it was Obama was president. When uh, when I thought the, the Bash- Assad's days were numbered, and he's mm-hmm. still in office. Absolutely unbelievable. Well, if you'd like to be sick to your stomach and have nightmares, go ahead and watch 60 Minutes feature from, uh, what, two weeks ago about uh, the torture in the Syrian detention center. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard Joe Rogan's podcast, but I hear about it a lot, and he got $100 million from Spotify when they bought his independent podcast. Last year, $100 million. Yeah, wow. Uh, but it, it, one thing people wondered about is, is he going to have to be more politically correct when he's in the corporate world than when he was just you know alone in his basement working for himself, selling his own ads? And the, the people in his company are still coming strong for him. Um, and uh, so far, the company's sticking with him. But a short list of complaints from the woke staff that work at Spotify who are not happy to have Joe Rogan under their umbrella. He's too willing to speak to fringe players like conspiracy monger Alex Jones. He's too willing to give problematic voices to Abigail Schreier. She's the one that wrote that trans book that uh, that Bezos wouldn't allow on Amazon. He's too willing to question the government's COVID-19 uh, rule book on what you can and can't do. Too willing to curse out cult- cancel culture and too enamored of free speech. Yeah, so. beautiful. Yeah, I, I, you know, he competes against us more or less. So, uh, but there need to be more outlets where you can have on these different voices, even if it's just to show people, hey, look at this weirdo Alex Jones. Look how you need super popular. Let's listen to what this weirdo has to say. I think Alex Jones is a crackpot, but I think it's really interesting that he's so popular and I'd like to know what he talks about. Well, and how often does the quote-unquote fringe view turn out to be correct? How many times does that happen before you realize, you know, maybe we shouldn't censor the quote-unquote fringe view? Hey, on that topic, can we hear a clip 25 real quick? This is from Facebook's oversight, uh, oversight board, their co-chair. How do you moderate content and when? how do you find that balance between uh, human rights uh, and free, free speech versus a human rights? but also other human rights, because obviously free speech is not an absolute human right. It has to be balanced with other human rights. And that is what the oversight is there uh, to do. Yeah, crackpots like her think to not be offended is a human right. Wrong, baby. Wrong. Wall Street Journal has an interesting piece today. How to be an anti-capitalist. Pretty clever. Written by Andy Kessler. I'll just read you a little bit of it. 
It's hard to sit by and watch your economy being strangled. Ibram X. Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, is all the rage now. But the Biden administration and its progressive hangers-on are providing a master class in how to be an anti-capitalist and suck the air out of the economy. He goes through a couple of examples. Start by paying people to do nothing. 1.8 million workers, according to a recent morning consult poll, have turned down jobs due to generous unemployment benefits, including an extra $300 a week from the federal government in some states. Meanwhile, Burger King is offering a $1,500 signing bonus for taking a job. They're competing with the government. They have to. Anti-capitalists then shut down the pipelines, except the Russian ones, and suspended drilling leases in parts of Alaska, helping send oil prices above $70. The government, it says, it wants to limit carbon emissions, but then it squashes better energy options like nuclear. Uh, I'll give you a couple, and I'll skip down. An anti-capitalist would next restrict capital formation, so President Biden has proposed the top capital gains rate move from 23.8% to a punitive 43%, and the top individual income tax rate to almost 40%. Uh, Biden also wants to waive COVID vaccine patents, making pharma companies think twice before investing in new drugs in the future. And he goes through a laundry list of anti-capitalist moves by this government that have happened already in the first year. Troubling. Yeah, the free market is very much the golden goose in that old fable. There's a belief among lefties that no matter what you do, it will just continue to pump out cash to hand out. That's not the way it works. It will get sick and it will die. Armstrong and Getty.